back. Podcast. We. Oh yeah, I'm Laura. Michelle. <laughs> I was about to say, right, launch right into it. We're very confused. We're very confused. Hello. Hopefully, the listener at home knows what we're talking about because <laughs> we don't. We don't. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, still early. Yeah. So. Uh, Yes. Welcome to the podcast, though. We are two friends having fun talking about business. And today our episode is brought to you by the Raw Raw Spirit Team. Building a business can be overwhelming, but it sure doesn't have to be. I teach small and medium-sized businesses strategies for building a profitable, successful, and stress-free business and life because you are more than your business. Through one-on-one training, online courses, and monthly guest experts, the Spirit Team is built on the principle of building each other up in business and in spirit. So this is basically a membership that I have. It um, is an amazing community that's just starting, so it's great to get into, um, into it now. As it continues to grow, it will definitely become more expensive, so that's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you get to try it for 14 days for free, so I'll put a link for that in the show notes. Fab you last. Now, let's chat a bit about the uh, theme for today, Lauren, trolling and uh, being trolled. And it's not not a nice thing. Uh, even the word doesn't sound nice. You uh, you know, no one thinks a troll is, is pretty. Um, however, I've noticed <laughs> during our live shows, um, so I, I broadcast onto spiritual events directory uh, and also cross-post onto my business page, Michelle R. Price, writer and clairvoyant. And I've noticed that myself, I was kind of the first one to be targeted. I am the... Um, usually the the top post uh, for the week, so the most uh, viewed post. And so whether that had something to do with it, I don't know. Uh, But all of a sudden, I noticed one night I'd been uh, really badly trolled and I felt very powerless and it wasn't a fun situation. And I thought there must be other people going through this on other pages. Um, And we have actually spoken to some other people and and that is the case. So I'm not sure why this is happening all of a sudden, but it is. And I just thought, you know what, We we need to have a conversation about this. That being said, Michelle, if you go back when you worked for the company, I felt like you didn't maybe get directly trolled, but yeah, you were I kind of trolled there too. Yeah, I agree. To a, to a very Not that it's you, it's uh, just in your role you were. Yeah, and you have more control in that situation though. When you're doing yeah. a live, you can't really do anything because as I talk about later, you get yourself into a certain state to be able to do live yeah. readings. So yeah. it's a little bit different when you're, yeah, when you're live and you're yeah. like, whoa, what am I doing in this situation? Yeah, live is different from a keyboard warrior. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was yeah. just going to mention that we've got an expert, Lauren, today, someone that you tracked down, um, which yes. is so exciting. And they're going to actually coach us through some strategies on dealing with trolls. Uh, so we're going to speak to her for a bit and let's get into the past week though. Lauren, uh, what have you been up to? Yeah. So I love our weekly catch-ups because, you know, we used to talk a lot more often. I think when we were, you know, lending each other more emotional support, I suppose, when uh, we were made you know, redundant from the company, but, you know, lately you're really just kind of doing your thing and I'm doing my thing and we're, you know, quite busy. So it's nice to be able to have these opportunities to catch up. Yeah. So this week I started a new job. I started serving at that restaurant I was talking about last week. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. But it's caused a lot of anxiety. Like I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety and I think that, um, Part of that's probably because I 
like I was kind of looking at it and going, okay, it makes sense. I'm starting in a new role. So that's already sometimes a bit nerve wracking with COVID. I haven't really done much out of my house in a long time. I'm, even though I'm, I'm outgoing and stuff, I'm actually introverted by nature. So for me to go and exude a lot of energy is sometimes difficult. And I'm also working at boundaries because I have a difficult time with picking up people's stuff. And, you know, like it's like I have empathic tendencies. So I'm finding that hard. I also think that when I was reflecting, you know, I, when I worked for the company, I was there for nearly seven years. So this has been a long time since I've had to work with new people as well. And then I'm working in an industry I haven't worked in in like eight years. So, you know, I've, I find that it's been a little bit difficult. And I will say that in the service industry, there's also a lot of pressure to, and when you're good, which I'm good, humble break. Of course, I wouldn't uh, question that, yes. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. Uh, it's, it's hard to be a great server as well. There's a lot of things that you need to do well and you need to do right. And I guess it's really difficult when my supervisor could be my daughter. Literally, I'm 17 years older than her. And uh, she also, I think she's in a new position. And so you know how sometimes people, when they're younger and they've been given a new role, they don't, they don't understand how to manage properly or how to mm-hmm. be kind. I'm not, she's so a you're kind your woman. a little bit? <laughs> well, I, I am. And I'm like, well, you know, that's interesting, but I probably wouldn't talk to me like that because it doesn't make me feel supported. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like my first night I'm giving a table of 12 and a whole bunch of other tables. And, you know, I, then she's telling me in the middle of service that I'm doing a good job, but I need to be more organized. And I'm going, sister, like I'm just... I'm brand new. I don't know the menu. I am figuring it all out. I think I'm doing great considering I haven't served in eight years. Right. And that was your first night. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, it's like, like okay. they want you to be working as though you're already been there for 20 years. Um, wow. Yeah. Which, you yeah. know, that will be next week, but yeah, it of course wasn't that. not this yeah. week. Yeah. No, exactly. So it's just funny, you know, and I think sometimes it's about having compassion as well, understanding that, you know, she's not necessarily aware of how important it is to be kind and supportive of somebody who's new. And at least I have the experience to be able to try to not let it get to me. But I will say actually that night, I almost actually, Michelle, it was my second shift. I'm sorry, but still I almost cried and I almost left. Seriously, that's how I felt because I was doing the best I could. And then to kind of get that comment when I thought I was doing okay. I mean, I hadn't screwed up any orders. Everyone had everything that they wanted. Do you know what I mean? Like just Mm -hmm. because I forgot the bowl for the oysters isn't a big, I mean, the, yeah, isn't a huge deal. So you were considering (laughs) ghosting them. You were considering just like disappearing, doing the disappearing act. I was because I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not desperate for a job. I'm doing it in part because it's good to be social as well and get out and get active, but I don't need to be working in an area that's not making me feel good. And I don't, my life is more important than that. But at the same time, when you're new, you have to go through these growing pains. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then also I got, uh, confirmed my citizenship 
Australian right. citizenship right. ceremonies next week online. So I have to yes. swear in on the computer, which is going to be pretty funny. And yeah. that's been a really long journey. So looking forward to that. So a really big, big week, but unfortunately, um, dealing with a lot of anxiety, which is okay. Cause I know it's about fear and projection about mm-hmm. worries of the future and stuff. Yeah. And it's also and, triggering. Um, There's some things in there that are triggering you, which is cool. You know, you can deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And at least I'm aware. And, and I think sometimes when things are uncomfortable, it doesn't mean you need to avoid them. It means you just mm-hmm. need to, you know, be calm, be in the moment, be present. I've been listening to a lot of Eckhart told to just like be here in the moment and not worry about my <laughs> ship next week yeah. or whatever the case. Yeah. yeah so. Working for your daughter would be a little triggering as well, I imagine. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's going on with you, sister? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been interesting, Lauren. Um, This week, because I've been fairly consistent, um, apart from a couple of little things where I've mentioned previously when my husband's very logical and sometimes he pulls me out of my whole, you know, I trust in spirit kind of thing, my vibe. Um, you know, he just crushes my vibe sometimes. Alone. Um, but, you know, I, it's funny because like each week I broadcast on spiritual events directory and just drop my pen on the table. And uh, Sarah calls it cheating. But each week before I do my Facebook live, I have a habit of injecting energy so it's a particular color into my business and into my readings and it generally gets me the most views you know the most readings out of the out of the group and i figure well you know i studied the course so i should be able to use this this technique that is part of what i learned in my energy healing so i continue to do that continue to do that and this week i was like i don't know i'm just going to see if this is making a difference let's test this theory hey and and i decided not to do my little technique so on Monday, I had lots of readings. All of a sudden, it was like I only had a couple, then I had like six. So I did six readings on Monday before my Facebook Live. Did the Facebook Live. I didn't do my little technique for injecting you know, energy into my readings and business. And on Tuesday, I had like two readings, which was never happened before. Usually, I'm flat strap, eight back to back, you know, all that sort of stuff. Wednesday, same thing, like two readings. And I'm like, huh, okay maybe this is a thing. So I did my little technique on Wednesday night. Thursday, I had three readings pre-booked. During the day on Thursday, I've doubled that. So I ended up with six back to back and I was reading till uh, seven o'clock on Thursday night. So uh, today, again, I've got a couple of readings booked. I'm just going to see. I'm just going to see what happens. Uh, but I feel like this is a this is a thing. You know, I inject the energy in, and it just seems to double. Whatever I've got during that day, it seems to double. Um, so it was a little test, and I feel like I uh, I, I have figured out that it, it does do something. Must do something. You know what? I'm reading a really interesting book called "Bring Out the Magic in Your Mind" by Al Corin. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. But he's got a whole bunch of different chapters about basically how to bring out the magic in your mind and create the life you want. When you were talking there, it reminded me of his chapter about lucky charms. Yeah. And he was basically saying that when you have something and you give it the intention, that's when it becomes a charm, right? So if on some subconscious level, you know, you know that to get the best success out of what you do, you have to do a particular thing then that's just going to be your truth. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like Rafael Nadal where he has to do all his little bits and adjusting and, you know, all of that stuff before he, you know, serves a, serves a ball. But you know, for me, I don't feel like it's a superstition. I was literally just interested. I was like a scientific experiment and I was like, well, 
that did something. It doubled all my readings. So I'm feeling like maybe today that I might need to do that again for today um, to get more readings through. Not that I really need them because I'm, I'm already I'm already where I need to be for the week, um, which is fine. And um, maybe I can spend the time editing the podcast, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, we'll see whether or not I do that. Um, but I've actually got a guy driving up from New South Wales. It's a guy that I've read for. Um, he saw me on a Facebook Live and I've read for him a couple of times. He's actually driving up from New South Wales today to see me because he wants wow. to meet me face to face because it's school holidays down there still. Um, so he's actually driving up and uh, he arrived yesterday, but he's coming over today to, to meet me. And we're going to do a reading together and it's going to be fabulous. So I'm really excited about that. It's a long That's way to so come. Cool. Are you collecting testimonials and things, Michelle? Yeah. Well, I get reviews. I make sure people do reviews for me. And in fact, yeah. there's a really beautiful one yesterday, Lauren. I, um, I think I cried more than my client actually. Um, I feel like if we were face to face, we're on zoom, but I feel like if we were face to face, she would have been giving me the tissues, but it was all about her dog. Her dog came through and it was just Aww. incredible. And the dog was like, my collar, my collar, it's amazing. And her mom, um, the dog's mom, Maya, Maya's mom, um, sent me a photo of this collar. It had turquoise uh, stones on it. And it was like this butterfly shaped, um, you know, the little tag that she, tag was butterfly shaped and it was um it was like leather like it was this amazing collar and it's like tell her about my collar and she said she sent me a photo it was i'm getting goosebumps um but yeah i bawled it was so like emotional and i was like what about the beach and she's like i took the dog to the beach um the day that i put it down when i made the decision that was her last her last thing she did i took her to the beach and i was like oh oh like it was just so emotional. Um, but you know, this is a great release. Like I, I do get emotional during my readings and, and they get emotional and, um, yeah, it's a release for everyone. But, um, yeah, she did me a great review, put all the photos up of her dog and yeah, it was just beautiful. Aww. Really love connecting with animals. Love it. So I great. love that. It's so, don't you just think sometimes it's just too magical to be real and yet it is because yeah. you don't have context for this stuff. I don't, I mean, I don't know about the collar, you know, I don't know all these things. I didn't know about the beach. Oh. I didn't know that's where she made the decision. I didn't know any of that. So it's yeah, amazing exactly. when the animal tells me, I mean, it's one thing when you've got your relative telling you, but if you've got an animal telling you stuff and she's like, oh my God, I have one complaining about this terrible um, cardigan um, that mum used to put on it and it didn't fit properly and it'd always get one of its legs out. And she's like, oh my God, it completely did that. And I, I was like, it didn't fit properly. It didn't fit around my legs properly. I didn't like it. And she's like, Oh, <laughs> she felt really <laughs> guilty. I mean, I don't make, I can't make this up, you know, like it's the animal that telling is, me. Funny, funny. Anyway. hilarious. Do they talk, do animals, I always imagine animals talking, like having their own little voice, different voices. But yeah, it's, they the same, all- it's the same as a loved one. It's all, it's all landing in my head. Um, so it's yeah. the same as when a human is communicating and the animals are exactly the same. It's no different. Do they use simple language? Because I imagine them being simple. No, it's it's the same as a human. It's the same as a human. Right. Um, oh yeah, because you get yeah, impressions no anyway, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah. You get impressions, and yeah. you're not necessarily getting huge words and stuff like that, because that would make the communication more complicated. Yeah, it's because it's a sounds like when it's names and all that sort of yeah. stuff. It's a sounds yeah. like. So the other day, I thought I was communicating with a spirit guide, and I'm going, Trevor, Trevor. That doesn't sound like a spirit guide, Trevor. And then it ended up being her grandpa because he had a heart attack. I was like, oh, it's physical. It's this, it's that, rah, rah. So there was a lot of other confirmation. And she's like, that's my granddad. And she'd been like, I don't want to do mediumship because I'll get really sad. We had the biggest laugh ever. We laughed our bums off. And she was like, that was the best. So he was, he was determined to come through one way or the other. But I'm going, I don't think a spirit guide's named Trevor. 
I don't think so. <laughs> it <was> so <laughs> you never know she's though. Like, well, you never know, but that was her granddad. So he had I will ideas. say that I have a spirit guide and his name's Stephen. So Oh well there you go. There you go. Stephen he's has a, a nice ring to it though. Trevor's yeah, a but he's an Indian man and his name is his Stephen. His name was Stephen. Oh my god. It, I've it been is. There. Yeah. And he's Indian. And he actually there. talks to me in with an Indian accent. Stephen. Yeah. Maybe that was like his, yeah. uh, like, you know, some chi- uh, people come over from Asia and places like that and change yes, their name. It Maybe could be, could be 100%. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, but Stephen's better it than Trevor, weird. I think. I think in terms of spirit guides. Anyway, we need to talk to our expert, Lauren. We need to talk Yeah, let's to do it. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I forgot this wasn't just like a hangout sesh. Okay. Let's get to the goods here. Hey, it's Lauren here from Business and Party, and I'm joined today by my new friend, Annette Densham, who is a profile building strategist from the Audacious Agency. With a gypsy as a mother, Annette sought refuge in stories. By the time she was 17 years old, she lived in 96 houses. Whoa. The books in the library became her best friends, and she immersed herself in tales of courageous heroes, incredible adventures, and seeking knowledge about the world. It was no surprise when she chose to go into journalism, the perfect career for her inquisitive and curious mind. After decades of writing from major print publications and online magazines on topics from business and computers to seniors issues and forklifts, she moved into corporate comms. Here she honed her storytelling skills, weaving words that move people to tears, to give generously to worthy causes and to educate, empower and inspire. Annette is joining me on the show today to talk about her other skills, which include PR strategies, PR planning, media relations, external and internal comms, crisis management, business awards, applications and submissions, media releases, and content creation. She's also joining me today to talk about the subject of crisis management and the T word, trolling. Trolls. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, Lauren, thank you for having me. I'm glad I'm sitting down. I feel tired after all those things I'm doing. <laughs> so I, 96 houses? Oh, my God. My mother was just, wow. she, she was crazy. But, like, I'm really good at packing a house now. So don't ask me to help you move because I may have to say no. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I can um, I can unpack a house in a day and you'd think that I'd been there forever. Wow. Do you um, tend to not, you know, maybe collect things because do you feel that's sort of part of who you've become? Like maybe you're almost ready to move on to the next thing all the time? Yeah, I'm constantly spring cleaning and getting rid of things compared yeah. to 20 years ago, 30 years ago when I first moved out of home. Um, you know, I had heaps of stuff. Right. But now, like I look at, like the, a lady once said to me about, like put the things that you don't really use in a box and if you never use them, like if you haven't used them in six months, yeah, get rid of them. So I did that. I had all of this stuff and I just went, nah, gone. So it, like I love books and I no longer have a bookcase because packing up eight bookcases is a pain in the rear end. I just bought $200 worth of books. They're all on their way. <laughs> I, I have my trusty like, Kindle. Yeah, yeah. But I guess it's because I tend to like highlight and write in them. And anyway, we're getting off topic, but I mean, it's really all connected. It's just Michelle's not here right now. So I'm really leading the interview. And so she's not here to keep me in, in, uh, in check. 
<laughs> so uh, we're in trouble. Yeah, we'll be in trouble after this, that's for sure. Okay, so let's talk about, you know, the world of PR, because basically one of the reasons why we really wanted to talk to you on the show today was because Michelle's been dealing with some issues in relations to trolling. But I'll talk a little bit about that story in a moment. Can you first tell me about, you know, how your career kind of went from journalism and then moved into PR strategies? Yeah, so, uh, so I started in journalism when I was really young and moved to the bright lights of Sydney, thinking that's where I was going to find my fame and fortune. Instead, I found that um, I was considered too forthright and gregarious for um, the newspapers that I worked for. And I kind of came home back to Brisbane with my tail between my legs, um, quite morose and, and depressed that this thing that I had worked for like my entire 24 years was now kind of gone, like my dream was was killed. Um, so I actually left the media industry for a while and went and worked with people with disabilities as a support worker, which is really cool. I learned a lot. Yeah. And then I went, you know what, I really miss writing. So I got back into that and then I had kids. So I stayed home with them until they were ready to go to school and it was like, you know what, I want to get back into this stuff, but I don't want to go back into journalism. How can I use my skills um, for another way? So I, I got a job in the not-for-profit space, um, working as a, a media relations officer, um, publications, you know, and just writing good stories for these organisations that I worked with. And it was a really good segue from journalism into corporate comms because I had the writing ability and I knew how to tell the story and knew how to connect with people. So, yeah, it just really worked. It was synergistic. And, you know, I stuck with that until, you know, eight years ago when my last corporate role made my role redundant and um, I was thrust out into the unwashed masses looking for a job and went, oh, I'll start a business. How hard can that be? Yeah, exactly. Everyone's doing it. Well, everyone's doing it now. And I don't know if you know this, but Michelle and I actually started the whole podcast because we were made redundant on the same day. So we have that in common with you. And I think one of the great things about that is when, you know, you know, shit hits the fan, essentially, and you're able to kind of roll with it and almost take yourself to a totally new dimension and level, which is honoring, you know, what maybe you came here to do like starting your own business. So that's super cool. Yeah. Well, it, it, it look, it worked out. Yeah. Um, I've fumbled and made lots of mistakes because I'm not a business minded person. I'm right. a writer, but you know, I kind of puddled my way through and I'm still here and not, not everybody hates me. So that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't, I would imagine nobody hates you. Probably very difficult to do. You're a very likable person. So one of the reasons why, you know, we wanted to talk to you on the show was essentially about, you know, I guess dealing with, with crisis criticism, dealing with, you know, the whole concept of trolls, especially when they come out of hiding out of nowhere. So one of the things that Michelle was dealing with, she does a bunch of Facebook lives on a weekly basis for her business. And she was getting trolled on one of the one of the lives that she was on and she didn't really have a plan in place to sort of deal with that. So one of the things that you specialize in is actually crisis management. Is that right? And can you tell me a bit about that? Yes, I can. Um, so crisis management really is about 
planning for the worst case scenario. It's, it's like mm -hmm. insurance. So particularly when you're in business, there's a stack of things that can go wrong. And instead of reacting emotionally and in a state of stress, that if you've got a plan in place, you can at least disconnect a little bit so that you can put into motions your actions that can either mitigate the, you know, the, the disaster that's looming mm. or find a way to work through it so that you come out the other end, you know, as reasonably sane as possible. And sadly, what happens in small business is that none of us are really good at planning anything. We tend to wing it and it's like, yeah. okay, let's just go see if this works. And quite often we don't we, we don't stop to consider all the things that can go wrong in small business. One of those is being trolled <laughs> or products being returned or, um, you know, someone leaving a negative review. And then when it does happen, we're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a really important part of business. Not only that, we react emotionally, right? Because it's like my heart and soul and all my savings are in this business and you've now just put me in jeopardy or you've left a review that's not true or you, you've trolled me when I'm, you know, trying to build authority and build trust with people. How dare you, right? Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, got, I got trolled today. I, oh. It doesn't happen very often, but I put up a, maybe a little bit of a controversial post um, expressing my thoughts on a particular issue and someone called me out and told me I was being a hypocrite like really publicly wow. and with no substance and I've like gone oh I read it to my husband and I went take a deep breath I'm going to respond to this with um, with respect and without defensiveness yeah. and try and see where they're coming from so if you if you go oh my god how could you do that and you respond in anger or stress or fear or whatever that emotion is is you quite often live to regret it because when we are emotional we, we're not really thinking our amygdalas or going Ugh! and you know reason and sense is abandoned yeah so did you have i mean clearly you would have had a place a, uh, like a plan in place to deal with issues like that or or do you just know how to react now that you don't necessarily need a plan because it's sort of second nature for you yeah I mean like it's a little bit like do what I say not do what I do here isn't it like that yeah. isn't that hypocritical maybe I yeah. am a hypocrite but <laughs> like I've been doing I've been doing this for 30 years so yeah. for me writing and responding is second nature yeah. but if it's not your nature then yeah. it is worth spending the time to think about what's all the things that could possibly go wrong what's all and like and i anticipated when i put the post up that i would get some negative feedback so right. in a way i was already prepared to receive some personal attacks because i said something that is about a totally emotive issue at the moment yeah. and wasn't expecting everyone to go, Oh, Annette, you're so wise, you know, thank you for sharing your wisdom. <laughs> so, but if, if, if you're, and, and you're right, our businesses are our babies mm -hmm. and what does a mother do or a father do when they're protecting their child? You know, they come out like, you know, teeth out, claws out. How dare you hurt my baby? 
Yeah. I remember, you know, it's funny because reviews really are the currency now. And, you know, when somebody leaves a negative review, I remember one of the most memorable reviews I ever read was somebody went to Broom and they were commenting, I think they gave the place they stayed something like one out of five stars because it was very windy. And the, um, the manager <laughs> wrote back and said something like, you know, we're really sorry. We're disappointed that you didn't have a great experience here. But as you know, we're not able to control the wind. And it was such a diplomatic, lovely way of, you know, kind of like honoring that person's point of view, but at the same time going, yo, you gave us a one out of five stars for something that's out of our control. And then I remember reading other reviews of businesses where people would leave a comment or a negative review, I guess, and the management responded in a completely different way, which was to be defensive, aggressive. And after you read a whole bunch of reviews and you're still, you're seeing that consistent tone that really affects the fact that you don't even want to give that business a go at all. So I totally hear what you're saying that some business people, they're just, they're not meant to be the customer service facing side of things, maybe. Right. You know, you can outsource that or plan for it. Yeah. Have a little library of responses ready to go that is, you know, like a, a placeholder. You know, it, it's, you know, when, when I worked in corporate and something, you know, the shit had hit the fan. Yeah. Then we would have a media statement ready to go, a holding statement saying, we don't know what's going on right now, or we're acknowledging that this has happened. We're not ready to respond, but we want to. So we will get back to you as soon as possible. And you could do that with a review. You know, if if you're if you're thinking, oh, I just want to rip that person's throat out because how dare they attack me? You could have something, hey, thank you so much. We really appreciate your feedback so that we can respond to this and honor your feedback or whatever yeah. that is yeah. um we're going to investigate and we'll get back to you within 24 hours so the person yeah. feels like they've been heard because quite often when, when we leave like trolling and leaving negative reviews is you know, a little bit different although you can get trolls leaving negative reviews but yeah. most people who go and say you know your restaurant sucked the the, the waitress was hopeless is doing so because they feel let down they yeah. feel like they haven't received what they paid for. So yeah. we need to acknowledge that and then see how we can fix it. If it is a troll, then you can go to Google if it's a Google review and ask them to remove it, particularly yeah. if it's a fake review because people do that now and it, I, I hate it. Yeah. It's hor a horrible way to, as a human beings to interact with businesses. Yeah. But for those trolls that are... You know, if they're popping up in your Facebook lives or when you're out there going, I'm just doing my best, I'm here delivering, you know, I just want to make a difference. And yeah. they're what they did with Michelle is that you don't give them oxygen and you remove them. So if you're you're on that live, you know, it's real I find it really hard to talk and read and type and do all of those things at once. Yeah. Is that you have have a friend and you say, Can you be my backup? Yeah. And if you see anything, then can you remove it? Because you don't need that shit there. Yeah, no, that's a really great strategy. And I think sometimes that, you know, when you go live, you don't even think necessarily of having 
a backup plan for somebody you're so focused. I mean, I'm speaking from experience. You're so focused on delivering the best quality show possible, making sure that, you know, you've planned what you're going to say and that you're prepared, that you're not always prepared for the unforeseen, I guess. But that's the whole point of having a crisis plan in the first place, right? That insurance yeah. you were talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether you're little old me, you know, one person business to a major corporation is that things will go wrong. You're guaranteed that something will go wrong in regards yeah. to your business and having that backup plan is, it just like, it just makes good sense. And it, it really is not a hard thing to do because most of us are really good at coming up with doom and gloom. And I'm sure that like, if you sat down for 10 minutes and went, what's all the ways that, that something could happen while I'm on this Facebook live, I have a tech issue. Um, <laughs> do what I did the other day and forgot to press stop and then said something really inappropriate. <laughs> um, was, it was on a phone call and I hadn't hung up yet. And I was, I said something, it was like, Oh, thank God. I don't have to go do that now. <laughs> it was like, Oh no. <laughs> and I heard the phone hang up and I'm like, Oh no. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> but anyway, the person still took the appointment with me and we're still great friends. So and I think they just got the sentiment. You know, like all of those things, brain dump it down and then think, okay, if this happens, how will I respond? What yeah. will I do? What, but it, and it's not even that. It's what do you do in the moment? But then what do you do through the crisis? Yeah. Because you still have to recover. And I've seen so many examples of, you know, there was one last year, this girl sent, this young girl, teenager, entered a competition and won a bikini. And her mother took offence to it. Like, she's 16, how dare you send her a bikini? And hmm. the business, small business, just it was just a girl making swimwear. Yeah. And she got attacked. Like, it was horrible to see oh, the, the venom and the poison that people threw at this woman saying how inappropriate she was and how dare she be in business. And, and she just shut up everything and disappeared. And if she'd had a plan for that, you know, maybe you couldn't plan exactly for that scenario. But if she'd had some responses ready to go, she may have been able to weather the storm and come out the other end. Um, but sadly that didn't happen. But yeah, it was really quite shocking to see how mm. horrible people can be. And like, given that Facebook is our toilet wall and we feel that we're allowed to say anything and do anything on it. Yeah. Um, you, you just have to be careful because there are people out there who really are just out there to cause dissent and just, and disharmony and hate. It's like, it's horrible, but you just, that's where you go. <gasps> Deep breath. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm going to respond. I'm not going to react because mm. react is a slippery slope. Yeah, I like how you've kind of illustrated the difference there between reacting and responding. Responding. I mean, that's why if you're reacting with a canned response, which is essentially one that's calm and saying we'll get back to you after we've looked into this further, aka cool down you know, and then you come back. I really like how you've shown that distinction there. That's so important. 
Do you think that, you know, when somebody's being, let's say, trolled live, you know, is it better to just kind of ignore it and just continue on with your show? Or what strategies would you have for that? Do you think it's best to almost stop the broadcast and come back another time? Or how would you deal with that, Annette? No, I would keep going. Um, yeah. in, in another life, I do um, open mic comedy. And I've never been, but I've seen lots of comedians get heckled. So some of them are just really good at ignoring it and continuing to go because yeah. why would you let someone rain on your parade to yeah. ruin your performance because they're being an asshole? Yeah. So if you're doing a Facebook Live and someone's trolling you, just keep going. Go back later and, and delete their comments yeah. because you, you don't need that poison there. So un, unless and, and what I find is that your fans, your followers will look after it for you mm. because you've already established a relationship with the people who love you. That's why they're on your live. And yeah. anybody who's just jumping in because they just want to cause trouble, they'll get taken care of by the group. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Do you have some tips and tricks for businesses on how to kind of get started with a crisis management plan? And do you think that when you have a plan in place that it's important that you're also communicating that to everyone in your business? Absolutely. Oh, that's such a great point, Lauren. Yeah, absolutely. The first thing to do is to sit down and assess what can go wrong. That's yeah. the list that you prepare. The second step is to then prepare your responses for when those things go wrong. Um, and then, as you just said, communicate it to all the stakeholders. So if you're in a business and you've got staff, that they know what they need to do, what their role is to play in that yeah. process. Um, and then it's just a process of constantly reviewing that plan. You know, not just going, oh, look at our pretty plan. We'll put it on the shelf. <laughs> doesn't it look nice there yeah. is that it's something that you talk about regularly with your team or right. if you're a solo entrepreneur that you talk about with your business coach or, you know, in, in mentoring groups or whatever it is that you've got, um, you know, access to people who want to listen to you. But yeah. like my biggest tip is to just do it. Like, you, you know, it's really, I went to the doctor today and she told me some things that, I should be doing, which are really simple common sense things. Yeah. And she said, you know, you look like a woman who's really good at like at, at making a plan. And I went, yeah, well, the planning's okay. It's the implementation that screws yeah. me up. Yeah. So that's, that's the challenge in small business is that you can make great plans, but if you don't implement them, then they are just a pretty thing on your shelf. Yeah. Or I guess even just make it a priority, you know, like I'm sure somebody listening right now, even myself, I'm going, ah, uh, yeah, I'll get to that. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but that's maybe too late. That's why you want to deal with this first. Yeah. So if somebody's listening and they haven't, you know, taken the time to write about what could go wrong and responses to, you know, these things as they happen and something does happen and they're not prepared for that, what would you recommend they do? Do you think that it would be best to, you know, get, a, get in touch with someone like you? Because I know that you do build communication and crisis plans for businesses, or is it something that they can just handle on their own, depending on the, on the on the scope of things, obviously, because the bathing suit woman, 
probably would have been helpful to reach out to someone like you to have helped deal with that right away so that her business could have continued on, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think that we should ever go through this stuff by ourselves because yeah. it's really hard to have perspective when you're in the middle of the mess. That's why yeah. planning beforehand is really important so you can avoid that. Um, in terms of, yeah, definitely reach out to someone with communications experience to help yeah. you navigate it. I, I had a situation like that last year. Now, it, it tells you how often someone reached. I, th I might do this once or twice a year where yeah. someone goes, oh, this has happened, and I go and say, here's a way you can deal with it. And I'll say, oh, can you help me with that because I just, I'm too closely involved. Yeah. And this lady I worked with and she was being hammered for, you know, she'd made something for somebody. They, the bit, it was a ring, a bit of it had fallen out. And this person was then, who's a very influential person, was then bagging her across social media. So we wrote a cease and desist letter, got lawyers to look at it, sent it out. The woman took down a post and apologised and stopped. Now, for that lady, that might have taken a whole lot longer to achieve that outcome because she just doesn't know what to do. Yeah. So I think it's always worth, you know, on Facebook groups going, hey, this is happening. Could somebody please provide me with some guidance or some yeah. information or do you know someone to help? Yeah. I think that sometimes as business people, we tend to think we do have to do it alone. And I love how you're reminding me and our listener at home that, you know, you don't have to like being an entrepreneur can be a really lonely journey sometimes, but it doesn't mean that there aren't people in your corner that have been there and that have learned and can advise you and, and support you. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So what I'll do is I will leave your contact information in the show notes for our listeners at home, because I know for myself, having your contact information in my back pocket is a must have. So I'm so thankful to have been able to meet you so that I know that I've got you in my court now, even if you don't know that you're there. <laughs> yeah, girl. And, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's like insurance, isn't it? Like yeah. we pay it and we sometimes like resent paying it because I haven't had an accident in so many years. But yeah. when you do have one and you don't have to fork that money out of your own pocket and you can get a replacement car quickly, I, we, we're pretty grateful for who we've got in our back pockets. Yeah. So would you say that, you know, one of the biggest tips that you want to leave our listener with at home is essentially, you know, make sure that you do at least have one kind of maybe canned non-emotional response that you can send to people and then you can go back and evaluate how you want to deal with it because then at least they've been heard if you felt if you feel like they need to be heard otherwise ignore it I suppose and deleted yeah absolutely and then like when we say canned response it doesn't have it, it like it should sound like you yeah. you know like my I just gave a very corporate type of response yeah. but make sure that it reflects the, the values and the, the essence of your business yeah. so that the person doesn't feel like they're just part of an automated message bot or, or something like that. So right. but definitely have it there ready to go. And um, I've, I've got a really handy little guide that I'll send you that okay. it'll take people through the process of setting up their own um, crisis plan 
and give them a few tips on and there's some scenarios in there that maybe they can relate to and and how they can apply it in their business because yeah, everybody needs to know that they've got someone supporting them. So that's my way of just doing that. That would be so lovely. Thank you so much, Annette. And that's a six step process. Is that right? That plan? That's correct. Yeah. So I understand that there are about six steps that you've got in the guide that you were telling me um, that we'll make accessible to our listeners. Do you mind just sort of recapping them briefly, Annette, just so that there's a little bit of a, you know, I guess a little bit of a teaser for our listener at home before they get to the download themselves? Absolutely. So the stages, so a crisis has a life cycle. So there's a process that, you know, from the time it happens to the time, you know, it resolves itself, but it starts at step one, which is prepare. So this is even before anything has gone wrong. You've already got a plan in place you know, that saying prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Yes. You know, there's there's a reason they're saying that. The yeah. second one is the explosion. So this is the crisis breaking. It's hitting. It's a, a client leaving a negative review on your Facebook or it's a natural disaster and your business is flooded or it's a troll. So this is what you fall back on and maybe some yoga breathing, you know, deep breaths. Yeah. The third is your first response. So this is kind of the messy phase. This is where, you know, people are reacting instead of responding and, you know, things might be in a bit of a tears. So this is where, again, you go back to your plan and you look, okay, what's the next thing that I need to do here? Okay, I need to contact the CEO or I need to contact the media or I need to contact so you can start moving through that calmly Mm. the fourth stage is assessment so where you sit back and you've gone what are people saying how are they accepting our response Mm. you know do we need to tweak it do we need to to adapt what we've done you know so so you've really got to take stock Uh, it's not just i've responded and i'll just walk away (laughs) i'm done mic drop it's all done yeah, I didn't the even think of that. Obvious. Yeah, the yeah. next step's the light at the end of the tunnel. So this is where you've made your offer or you've, you know, dealt with the media. It's all being accepted. Things are starting to calm down and you're now in a position to go to the next step, which is done and dusted. And this is where you reassess, you evaluate and you debrief. So it might be, thank God, I need a glass of wine. Or I've got to ring someone and just get this out. Or actually, you know, what I highlighted was that we could have done this better. Or, you know, so it's that process of just really reflecting on what's happened and how you can do better next time. Because through that process, you could go, oh, actually, we've got a new set of canned responses that we can go out with. And next time this happens, it'll be easier. Hopefully, there's no next time. So, There are a few rules when it comes to a crisis. Mm -hmm. So the first one is to avoid it being a crisis in the first place. So that that comes down to business planning. So again, you look at all the ways that things can go wrong in your business and make sure that you, you know, like the boy with the finger and he's in the dike. It's like, okay, there's no water coming out. We've got it all plugged up. So that could be... um, like, you know, through your client communication process, that there's a gap um, in between starting the work and communicating for the first time. 
and you don't want the client to get upset. So you put another, another communication spot in there so they don't feel like you've forgotten them. Right. <clears throat> um, and then your priorities to rebuild trust. So particularly if, you know, things have gone really got wrong and you've got a really bad review or you've handled something badly, is then you've got to kind of go back and clean up your mess. Um, it, it, and you've got to respond immediately. You can't, like, take a week to get back to people. Yeah. It's, you, know, you know, that holding statement, it's not holding forever. That's like... <laughs> right. You know, give people a timeline and be succinct because when you get into too much information, that's where it can get a little bit messy and irky. But that's all in the guide. Right. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Cause nobody wants your long story about how you were wronged and then blah, blah, blah. They just want a resolution essentially. Yeah. Like this, this morning with the uh, attack on my integrity and my hypocritical nature is that I, I responded. She responded back. I left it. I've got yeah. nothing more to say. Like it would just be me and her going backwards and forwards. And I don't want to do that. Like she obviously feels there's a reason to make those comments and it's actually none of my business what it is. So I can't control how people think she wants to think that way. It's up to her. Yeah. And you know, you can't win them all and it doesn't matter. You don't need to win them all. As long as you've, you know, remained in integrity and you've, you know, respected the person's opinion and you don't have to agree with it, but you've, re- you've heard them and then you can move along because, you know, like you were talking about earlier, when you're on a live, your fans are your fans. They're going to jump in. They're going to protect you. Um, chances are you've been building credibility and trust with them over a period of time. And um, that all is where it comes to play, really. Yep, Absolutely. Hey, we should do this more often. We could solve the world's problems. We could. We definitely could. Well, that's the whole aim yeah. of the podcast. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, that's all, all right. right. Well, your job is, you're doing a good job. Thanks, Annette. I love that. So thank you so much for being on the show. I know I've learned a lot. Thank you for that guide. I will put a link to that in the show notes for our listeners at home. I know that, um, you know, people can check out the audacious agency on, on the web or on socials, but I'll put all your links there as well. And you are as well open for um, new business. If somebody is interested in in speaking with you, because the great thing about podcasts is they're evergreen most of the time. So that means that this could be heard at any time from anywhere (laughs) absolutely our door is I won't say always open because I do like to sleep but our our door is open at an appropriate business hours fair enough very good yes (laughs) all right well thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it and I know I learned a lot thank you Lauren wow Lauren that was that was epic how good was Annette so good good. such good tips and it's kind of given me a little confidence now because sometimes you don't want to be too full on when you're responding to these people or managing these people but I think we we really need to have a chat to her at, at certainly at my page um spiritual events yeah. directory we need to have a chat to her and uh figure this out because um uh, that was that was fantastic and I think moving forward um we're going to be able to move forward with a bit more confidence um so that was uh, that was brilliant because we we have felt that little bit out of control you know these things are happening yes. to everyone it's like every every day we're hearing more stories about it and what can happen and what i've sort of found is that we 
um, have been getting quite negative. And so in our chat, we've got a private chat group with the show hosts and it's been like, people are like, oh, what are their names? And let's go through and find all their pages and let's do all of this stuff. And these people are so bad. And, and it's really been getting me down, like reading the comments in this, in this chat group. And so I messaged um, Sarah and just said, look, you know, I think this is really negative and maybe this is what they want and maybe we should try and turn this around. And so we've yeah. since, we're doing a big clearing. We're actually getting together on the weekend and we're doing like a massive clearing. So someone who is a really good sort of uh, healer type person is going to actually yeah. get all of the say, we're all going to be present and it's going to be like, we're just going to clear everyone's energy because it just feels like it's kind of exacerbating uh, the issue and, and kind of making it worse. And the trolls are kind of getting what they want. And I think a lot of this, because I'm spiritual, a lot of this is to do with our energy. So that's why I don't name the person who did, you know, the trolling with me. And I don't want to name the others either because it just gives them power. So that's how we're tackling it. We're just going to do this big clearing, see what a difference that makes, bring the mood back up because the mood in those chat groups seems to be reflective of what's happening online and all our numbers are going down. So our viewer numbers have dropped as well. And I don't want that. I want the numbers to come back up again. So I feel like we've yeah. got a few spiritual things that we're doing. But in terms of a business sense, from business sense, we do need to have for anything, kind of yeah. like what you were saying, when you feel yeah. that you don't have the control. And um, yeah, and definitely good observation as well, being clear that people are, you know, letting that negativity kind of, I don't know, muddy the water, sort of yeah. say. It brings yes. the mood down, it brings the vibrations down. Yeah. You actually yeah. had a really good tip for me and I've, I've followed up on this and I sent a screenshot to all of the hosts. Uh, you were talking about going into settings, I think, before the Facebook Live and there's something you can kind of do in there to kind of moderate comments and who can comment on yeah. the page. One of the things we've noticed was some of them hadn't even liked the page, weren't following the page and so we couldn't actually block them. We could block them as individuals but not as part of the group as a, as a whole. So you actually um, sent me a screenshot yeah. of this thing. We might put that in the show notes because that's a great, great little um, bit of advice. Yeah, we can do that. So basically when you're going to do a Facebook live, now this is through Facebook directly. I stream through StreamYard. So I don't believe I can do the same stuff in there. But if you are directly on Facebook live, there's a little tab near the settings area where you can click on comments and it'll drop down. And basically it's got a whole bunch of settings about followers, um, discussion, restricted, protected. So for example, it says follower, only your followers will be able to leave comments. So you can tick that on slow commenters will only be able to comment every 10 seconds. So that's good. Cause sometimes if there's a bot or a sock puppet, like Annette was talking about, yeah. if somebody's going on and on and on, uh, that can stop that discussion. Only comments over 100 characters will be shown. So I guess that's just about word economy, uh, restricted comments must have accounts that are at least two weeks old. So that's good because if I you like block somebody and they created a new one, yeah. yeah. And then protected commenters must have followed you for at least 15 minutes. So that's really good too, because that means that if they're not following you, they're not engaged with what you're actually doing. Yeah. And if they are following you, you know, for less than 15 minutes, it could be a troll or someone someone like that. Yeah. So, I guess the thing is a lot of people are sharing from Zoom and, and StreamYard, as you said now. So if that's not an option for them, we need to figure something else out around that. But for people who are going live, Facebook live, direct, um, that's really, which is what I do. Um, that's a yeah. really good option. Um, that being said, maybe yeah. if you had those settings already ticked in your Facebook live settings, mm. it would pick up those settings already. 
Yeah. So, I'm interested to know, cause once I tip yeah. them, I'm interested to know if it does save it or if it just, I think it probably starts a new one each time maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting Try to it. know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, to lift the mood a little bit, Lauren, um, what we're going to do is get into a little bit of the party element now, which is uh, sponsored by my business, which is Michelle R. Price, writer and clairvoyant, hyphen, hyphen writer and clairvoyant. Don't forget the hyphen. Um, and so I do readings, healings, mediumship. So angel card readings, mediumship, um, and also paranormal work, a bit of entity clearing if you have uh, ghosties or anything like that in your house, uh, spooking the kids. Um, I do all that sort of stuff. So Michelle R. Price, hyphen. I love that because uh, eventually my partner and I are going to buy a property and I was like, yeah, mm. I can just Michelle, Michelle can come just in and do ask her travel there and check it out for me. Hooray. <laughs> love it. I will be asking travel away. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So the party element is really simple. It's actually just last week I went camping and, you know, I got to say, I already live in paradise and I think you do too, but when you get away from it all and you actually have limited cell service and your phone's off for a large part and you just are where you are, <laughs> it really is such a beautiful opportunity to reconnect with your loved ones and reconnect with where you are in the world. I think at this present moment, especially that will help with anxiety, which we talked about at the top of the hour as well. So my recommendation is to get out in nature, have a party in nature. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right, really great. And I love the limited cell service because Jason has that at his mum's property. So whenever we go to Tagulawa to see his mum, which is out near Esk, um, we don't have phone reception. So it's, it's wonderful to be just quiet for a little bit because back in the day, all we had was landlines. So unless you were home, the phone wasn't yeah. ringing. And you'd go out yeah. and you'd be away from it. And now it's like you take your phone everywhere. And I think people expect you to be responding immediately, answering calls, you know, all that sort of stuff all the time, seven days a week. And we don't realize yeah. how draining that can be do that. Yeah. I find that difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So no wonder our young people today are suffering with a lot of mental health because nobody's living in the present, right? Mm -mm. Yeah. But I mean, they grew up with it, I guess, too. Um, that's kind of their norm. It's a little different, uh, different from where we came from. Now, you've got some recommendations, Lauren, I think, as well for our listener at home. Yeah. So just when we were talking today about trolling and stuff like that, I can't remember, Michelle, I'm sure I brought it up 5,000 times. Did you watch the Brene Brown Netflix special yet? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. She's fabulous. Yeah. So Oh, so good. So if our listener at home has not watched it yet, you must get it. We'll leave a link to the trailer in the show notes. But basically there's this really amazing scene in her special where she talks about being trolled and she essentially, you know, does this quote where, you know, she's talking about how if you're not you know, on the stage, if you're not out there, then who are you to, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause? 
who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least falls while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Seriously, that makes me want to cry reading that. Goosebumps material, yeah. yeah. And it, it's basically talking about how, you know what, how dare you even have an opinion, but how dare you judge me when you're not really willing to put yourself out there too. And so when you're willing to be vulnerable and you're willing to do Facebook lives and you're willing to do podcasts where you speak your truth and you're willing to take photos and put them online and be who you are authentically and honor that, you know, nobody has the right to take that away from you, especially those who aren't doing it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I've always, um, I've always sort of led my life that way. Being a broadcaster, you are putting yourself out there and there's always someone who'll ring up the station and say something nasty and it's like well you know you can be an armchair critic all you like but i'm the one who's putting myself out there and it's the same for me now i'm the one putting myself out there i'm the one making the effort and i would never treat another human being the way that these bots trolls you know people like that are are doing you know what they're doing to other people i would never do that so I think we have to really work on raising those vibrations. And that's why I was saying to you, bring the energy, trying to raise those vibrations as a whole um, to make ourselves happy again and get back into that beautiful, spiritual, creative, healing, feminine vibe that we had before this happened, because it really drags you down. And that's kind of what they want. So we're now working really hard spiritually in a spiritual sense to kind of raise those vibrations again. Let's have a laugh all those sorts of things so that they, they don't affect us because when they stop affecting us, then they disappear. Hopefully they do. that's the plan. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. So yeah. For, and if they don't disappear, there's a lesson there, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like they will, because I do feel like certainly in that chat group that everything became quite, quite dark. And it was a little bit the same feeling I had when it was happening to me, you know, the comments and everything that I was seeing pop up were quite dark and it really dragged me down. And I don't like that feeling. So I'm like, whatever we can do to bring that mood back up, I'm gonna, I'm into that. So let's do a group clearing. Let's do all those sorts of things. Um, chat, be happy, you know, everything that we can do. But also occasionally popping those warnings up as well, just to let people know that this isn't going to be tolerated. Um, but I think that comes from the top down as well from management. Um, mm. So I think that's been a really great chat. Lots of awesome tips. Annette was fa- fantastic. So great find. Thank yeah. you, Lauren. Round of applause. Yeah. Uh, she was yeah, yeah gold and great. yeah I think we'll be having a few more uh, chats to her certainly now coming up on the next podcast we're going to be discussing how to communicate effectively so that was a key part of I guess my role as a broadcaster for over 20 years being able to communicate also being able to do interviews um, and to speak to people in a way that they want to speak to me again. I never want to burn bridges. So I think communication, certainly in my career, has been really important. And also as a spiritual person, now that I'm dealing with very sensitive issues and there's tears and emotion and all that sort of stuff, I'm a very strong woman like you, deep personality, alpha, leader, all of those things. I do have to pair it back a little bit when I'm speaking to someone in that sort of scene. So, and that's something that I've had to learn. Uh, especially when someone's grieving and and going through different things. So I think this is going to be a great chat um, and we're going to have some really great tips and hopefully hear from an expert, someone who knows more than we do about communication and uh, we'll be able to really hone in on that and give you some great advice for the listener at home. 
Fabulous. Well, this has been the Business in the Front. Party in the Back. Podcast. Uh, I didn't screw it up. I actually screwed up at the end of every show. Every or I forget shot? we do that. It happened, but we're still discussing it. We're still discussing it. <laughs> That's true. I should have just let it let it ride. Like, yeah, this is how it happened. Yeah. Every week. Yeah, every week. Oh yeah. And if you love the show, make sure you tell your friends. And if you didn't love the show, don't tell anyone. Talk to you next week. Thank you.